This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Thank you for this time of the Word today. And as we're preparing for what you're setting our hearts up for, I pray that you will speak to us, Father. And Lord, help us. Help us to honor you and help us, Lord, to invite those you want us to invite and that the lost may be found, the bound may be loosed, and all might walk in the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for what you have done and you're going to do to open this word to us today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And so in Genesis chapter 22, I'm going to bring you a message. Last week I talked to you about uh, how do you hear from God. Now this week I want to talk to you about what do you do when you hear from God. Genesis chapter 22 begins reading like this. Abraham, he called. Yes, Abraham responded, here I am. And I want you to notice these next three words. Would you help me with these three words? And God said. Say it with me again. And God said. He was communicating with his God. There are people all over this planet today who are just desperate for a, a word from a God. They will have built uh, statues. They have built monuments. They will go and pray to mountains. They will pray to nature itself. They will go out somehow just trying to get a word from some man-made created thing, and yet there will be no response. But I've come to preach to you today about a God who answers when we respond. But listen to what God said. Take your son. Matter of fact, your only son. Isaac, just so there's clarity here, the only son you have, Isaac, whom you love, doesn't make it any easier here, and go to the land of Moriah. Now, I went to the land of Moriah this week and actually went underneath the Temple Mound and took people back up into uh, the farthest regions underneath the Temple Mound and, and had them reach out to where you can still touch Mount Moriah. I said, I want you to put your hand here. You're touching Moriah. And so he said, now go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. And often when God gives uh, these kinds of truths to us, God is speaking to us some things that that we want to to know and we, we need to hear from God. But I want you to understand today that I've come to talk to you about when God speaks to you. Now, nobody shouted over this passage. When I say, let, let everything that has breath praise you, the Lord, people get excited. When I talk about he that the sun sets free is free indeed, people get excited. But when I read a passage to you that says, I want you to take your son, matter of fact, your only son, as a matter of fact, the son you love a whole lot, and I want you to kill him. No real good responses. You see, the reality is this. Many times the reason that we don't hear from God is because we don't want to hear from God because we really don't like what God has to say. And sometimes when God speaks to us, it's hard for us to get and obey the voice of God because oftentimes when God gives specific direction, it is not exactly what we want to hear. It's not what we want God to say to us. 
And I thought about examples from Scripture, like from the life of Moses. Think about this. My, Moses has left everything behind. He's left the palace behind. He's left his, his titles behind. And, he, and he's traveled out into the middle of the desert, and he got there with nothing. And now God has blessed him. He has a, he has a, a job. He has a wife. He has two sons. His, everything's finally going good for him. And he sees this bush burning, and he goes walking up, and God speaks to him. And God says, hey, Moses, I want you to go back to the place that there's still a death warrant for you signed. Uh, uh, Lord, I don't think that's you. Well, what about Jonah? Think about Jonah. When we hear the story of Jonah, we always think about the story of Jonah when, when, when God says, hey, Jonah, go to Nineveh. And Jonah says, no, 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 no way I'm going to Nineveh. You know, I mean, it's a little fishy story sometimes. But... That was good. Come on. <laughs> but when we hear the story of Jonah, we don't really see what's going on here because Jonah is in this place to where Jonah is struggling with obeying the voice of God. And we're thinking, why is it so hard to obey the voice of God? But we miss what history tells us that Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh because the Ninevites had actually slaughtered his nephew and he had this great hate against them. But could it be that maybe the reason he didn't want to go to Nineveh is because if you were seen as an enemy of Nineveh, particularly a politically high leader enemy of Nineveh, and what more than a prophet of God, when you would walk into their town, if they saw you as an enemy, what they would do is they would take you and they would skin you alive and then plaster the walls of the palace with your skin. And he hears from God. Finally, he hears from God. And God says, by the way, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. Ooh, not fun. How about Habakkuk? Habakkuk cries out to God, send revival, send revival. And how does God respond? He says, I'll send revival and I've got to start dealing with who you are. I'm going to send the Babylonians to destroy you to start with. I mean, people aren't helping me with a sermon yet, or, but, but, but we want to hear from God. But what about when we hear from God? If it's not what we want to hear from God, what do we need to do with it? I don't care if you want to hear it or not, you still need to obey God. Amen. I mean, it's that simple. The truths are, are still there. There's still a reality. And I want you to get this today. Mary hears from God. And what does God say to Mary? Mary, hey, you're going to be pregnant. And people are going to want to end your life because of it. Or how about Ananias? Ananias gets a word from the Lord. And the word from the Lord says, hey, you know that guy you heard that has a death warrant signed for you that's going to arrest you and take you so they can stone you to death? I want you to go seek him out. I want you to go find him. And I want you to minister to him and tell him i got a great plan for his life. I mean, that really doesn't sound like fun. It's okay. None of us would like that. Imagine this passage here for just a moment. It's all so similar that when God speaks, it's not really what we want to hear. But imagine the confusion that's happening in Abraham's mind as God shows up and says, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. It's actually like God's kind of drilling down on a little bit. You know the, that one that's a real big deal to you? I want you to take him, and I want you to go sacrifice him. I mean, there's got to be a lot of confusion here in this moment for Abraham because Abraham got a promise in Genesis chapter 12 that said, I'm going to do this great thing with you. And he kept holding on to the promise when everybody else had given up on the promise. And God said, I'm going to make you a great nation. And he doesn't even have one child yet. And he's trying to go, well, I, don't know what you're I don't know what's happening here, God, but I'm going to hold on to the promise. And finally, by chapter 13, God reminds him of the promise. Chapter 15, chapter 17, chapter 18. Finally, Abraham's believing and Sarah's laughing. And finally, God shows up and there's a child. But now over in chapter 22, God says, hey, I want you to take the boy and I want you to offer him up to me as a sacrifice. And it's not what Abraham wants to hear. But what, here's, look, I want you to see what happens in verse number three. This is so important to living out our lives in a life of faith. Watch this. Verse number three says this. Early when? Early. 
early the next morning, Abraham got up, loaded his donkey, took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. Watch this. Early the next morning, he didn't take time to dawdle about it. God had spoken, and he knew that God had spoken. God had spoken, and God gave it direction, and he immediately obeyed that direction. Wow. God had spoken into his life. And so the next morning, he gets up. He didn't seek counsel. He didn't wait and pray and fast. He, didn't, he, he, he obeyed immediately. I want you to see this. Now, please hear me in this. There are times that we need to seek counsel. There are times we need to pray. There are times we need to fast. But sometimes we have to understand that God's Word is clear and the pages of Scripture clearly define how God's trying to speak to us. The pages of Scripture clearly tell us what God wants us to get. And we're going, God, I don't know if that's you. No, when God has been clear with us, we need to come into line with it even if we don't like it. Because listen to me, delayed obedience is actually disobedience. I want you to get that. But God, I don't know if that's you. No, when God speaks to you and you know that it's from God and you know that it lines up with God's word, you know you need to obey. You see, God doesn't give us information for consideration, but God gives us information for implementation. It is for obedience that God wants us to walk. It is for obedience that God wants us to move. And God's wanting us to get busy about what he's told us to do in our lives. And we're going, God, I just don't know what the problem is. And he's like, yes, you do. I told you that sin was sin. Now deal with it. Let me try that again. When we know that God's word clearly said something, we should obey what God's word says. Can I get an amen? amen? It's that simple. Now look what verse number four says. On the third day, he had plenty of time to think about it in his act of obedience. And on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. And he said to his servant, stay here with this donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, notice this, and then we will come back to you. How could Abraham stand in that much confidence? He's going to sacrifice his son. The reason he could stand in that much confidence was he knew that every time he'd obeyed God in his life, it had always worked out for his good. He knew that you can never do, listen to me carefully, you can never do the wrong thing by doing the right thing according to the word of God. It might look like it's going to backfire on you, but you stand your ground and the Lord himself is going to show up for you. Amen. And so Abraham says, hey, we'll be back. So Abraham took the wood, and this is so important, and for the burnt offering, and he placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. Let's pause there for just a moment. The Bible tells us about a thing called types and shadows. And types and shadows is when a picture of something happens here that reflects to something later. Like Joseph is sold into a pit, but then God raises him up, and he says, what was meant for bad, God turned for good. It's a type and shadow of what God's trying to do in our lives when we go through decisions and struggles to keep our integrity. But here in this passage, in the verse I just read to you, and Abraham took the word for for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. It's one of the greatest types and shadows in all of scripture. Because watch this, the father tells the son, I'm going to put this wood on your shoulders, and you're going to carry that wood up to that hill. And when you get there, I'm going to sacrifice you. 
Sound like a type and shadow to you? Because he's going to put the wood on Isaac's shoulders and say, get up that hill called Moriah, right over there called Moriah, and you're going to die over there because out of obedience, you're going to die. And all of a sudden, I'm reminded of a heavenly father who has said, son, take a cross, and you're going to get up that mountain called Moriah over there, and you're going to carry that cross up Moriah, and when you get there, you're going to die. And out of obedience, the death hold upon humanity is going to be broken. Well, I feel this. I feel this. God is here, and God's looking for people. Can I tell you what God spoke into my heart in last ser- last service that just 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 got all over me? This is what the Holy Spirit spoke. It's not in my notes. This is what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, "Immediate uh, immediate obedience will uh, with uh, uh, immediate obedience without hesitation will prepare you for a divine visitation." When you get tired of trying to figure out if you're going to serve God, when you get tired of judging, well, should I live with this person out of marriage or will I honor God and get married? Should I steal that or should I be a person of integrity? When you get tired of trying to weigh out the the good versus the bad and you stand your ground and say, I know what God's word says. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You choose what you want, but we're going to serve God. When you get ready for immediate obedience without hesitation, you better watch out because God's going to show up and a holy visitation. Well, I feel this today. I was trying to behave, but y'all know better than that. And so as the two of them went on together, Isaac, notice this, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And when they reached the place that God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac, notice this, he binds the one who is stronger than he, and lays him on the altar on top of the wood. You see, there was a divine order and a divine plan that put things in the right place. I feel this today. Now watch this. And he bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar. Then he reached out, took his hand, and took the knife to slay his son. Verse 11. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here I am. He replied. He said, do not lay a hand on the boy. He said, do not do anything to him. And he said this, now, when? Now Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up. And there in a thicket, he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and he took the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place, watch this, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, notice this, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Why? Because you have what? Obeyed me. Now, here's a couple of quick observations I want to make. The first thing I want you to see here is this. Obedience carries with it a sentence of death. Obedience carries with it a sentence of death. For Abraham, it meant literally killing his son. For us, it might mean the death of our opinions, the death of our rights, the death of our privileges, the death of our preferences, and the death of our dreams. 
Obedience always carries a death sentence because we have to realize that Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. And what I'm holding on to for life is not real life. But when I start holding on to Jesus and nothing else, it will work out for my good. Sometimes when we walk through obedience, we find that our dreams and our preferences and our rights have to die. Why? Because we have to trust Jesus to put us in the right place with the right things happening so that we can walk in the resurrection power that he's given us. So even at the moment when something wasn't the preference of Jesus himself, he was willing to be obedient. Jesus himself said, listen, guys, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I don't want to obey. It don't feel like obeying. But I realize that in obedience, it's what prepares me for what God wants for my life. And I feel this today. Obedience hurts. Carries with it a death sentence. There might be pain in our lives as we walk in obedience to God. It might mean that we have to give up friendships that cause us to make unwise choices. It might mean that we have to uh, give up time so that we can be with people that God has called us to be with. It might mean that we have to hurt our bank accounts in order to be committed and obedient to tithe and to give and above and beyond the way that God has spoken to our lives. It might mean that my plans have to succumb to his plans. It might mean that I don't do what I want, but instead I get up and I do what he wants. I don't know why I didn't feel this in the first service, but I'm going to tell it again in this service. I felt distinctly led in the last service. This is going to, it's a childish story. It's from, it's from my, my youth, but I feel so important that, that you need to hear this story yet again today. Not only those here, but those listening, those watching, I want you to hear this story. I was a young boy, 12 years old, maybe almost 13 years of age, and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me, and He said, Son, every night at this time, it's my time. You're going to read and you're going to pray. You're going to read and you're going to pray. So every night at 10 o'clock, I would go... And I would read 10 chapters in the Word, and then I'd pray about another 45 minutes. Every night. God's time on my life. It was His time. And I faithfully, I want you to know, it changed my grades. It changed everything about me. Because if you start getting obedient to God, it will change everything about you. And I began to honor God, and God began to prosper me, and God began to bless me, and He began to open doors for ministry, and God began to do things as I was walking in obedience to Him. And that was my assignment at that time, 10 o'clock every night, 10 o'clock every night. You see, I can't come to this assignment until I learned how to conquer that assignment. And 10 o'clock every night, 10 o'clock. And then finally, it, I, all of a sudden, one night, it was after a Wednesday night service in the summer, and my parents, that the pastors decided to have the youth group over the church. And so service got out about, nine, about 8.45 that night, about 9.15, everybody's at the house, and it was going great. We were having a good time. And there was this real pretty young girl named Christina that was there. And I was like, she has come over. And I was having a good time hanging out with her. And, and I just was so excited to be hanging out with her. And we were having a great time. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, Son, it's my time. I said, Lord, you've seen my faithfulness. Can I read later today? It's my time. I don't know who this is, but I, I believe that I believe that this is the moment that God said she could be my wife. Because I remember looking at her and thinking, I'm going to read as fast as I can. 
And I said, I got to go. And she's like, where are you going? I said, I got to go read. And I went down and I closed my, my bedroom door and I, I started reading the Word. Now, I'd love to tell you that I was breaking it apart in deep exegesis of every, every word in, in that passage, but I wasn't. I was speed reading. <laughs> but finally, I've got about two chapters left. I mean, that's like when you're over in the book of Jeremiah that the chapters do not end. And I had like two chapters left. And I hear her parents' voice. Her and her sister, her sister's name was Amy. Christina, Amy, let's go. And I thought, God, you have failed me. <laughs> I honored you. They were supposed to have like a mental breakdown up there and need my parents to counsel them for hours. And I looked down at his word and I kept reading. I believe that's when God said, yep, they're going to end up together. Why? Because obedience may cost you in the moment, but it always works out for the good in your future. I, I don't, I, I, this is not planned. I didn't rehearse this and, and I may have some of the facts wrong, but, but let me just, I'm just going to look at you right now. So God told you, I'm looking at, for those of you who don't know, I'm looking at our, our new youth pastors. God told you last year to sell your house. So they sold their house. Boom. He said, I got a ministry assignment for you somewhere else. You didn't know where. And you just started moving closer back to where you were ministering and moved into a place that she gave you a look like, oh my gosh, what are you doing to me, right? Oh yeah, she's like, uh-huh. <laughs> now watch this. So that when we called, they were already free to step into their next place of calling. You see, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Obedience doesn't always make sense. I, I'm just obeying God today. I, I don't know why I feel to tell it. James is sitting right here. James is our CEO uh, for our ministry here. And James, I'm sitting in my office and the Lord speaks to me just as clearly and says, send James an email. Tell him about a need that you have at the church. And I said, I said, Lord, I'm not sending James an email because if I send James an email, they're going to know that I can't have my act together enough to be able to fill the positions that we have. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, I told you to send James an email. 20 minutes later, James calls me and says, why'd you send me that email? I said, I said, uh, I said, well, God told me to. And he said, would you consider me? Let me tell you something. I don't know who you are and I don't know why God's hijacked this message the way that He has in this, but somebody needs to get what I'm trying to tell you today. The reason you're not having the visitation that you want is that you have too much hesitation in your life. God told you that was sin. He told you to stop doing it. He told you to get rid of the connection. He told you to break that bondage off of your life. And instead, you've been trying to decide is it worth it or not. What you ought to do is be willing to be radical about obedience. The Bible says the next morning He got up and the next morning He got about what God told him to do. If we would get up and get about what God told us to do, then we might find out God's going to show up and God's going to change our situation by his divine visitation. Come on now. God gives you the right position because you get in position by divine obedience. I'm going to obey God. My goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit. Not my best homiletical sermon, but it is 
what I feel the Lord leading me to tell you. Listen to me. Why don't you go ahead and stand with me? That way I know I'll close. There, there's an important name that we quote a lot in, in the passage here. The Bible says that, that Isaac, who could have overpowered his father, says to him, well, okay. Well, father, where's the lamb? And he says, well, the Lord will provide a lamb. And, and so Isaac knows what's going to happen at this point. And, and Hebrew t- tradition tells us that I, Isaac knew. Isaac allows himself to be bound. He has to probably help his father put himself on the altar. Have you ever thought about that? Here's an old man who can't lift a young man. So Isaac bound has to help his father. He has to crawl inch by inch up on the altar. See, that's what obedience does to you. You might be inching, but you better watch out because you're getting in place to have a revelation of who God is. And he gets settled in place. And with every move, he probably wanted to come off. Listen to me. I'm talking to you. You don't know what God's doing when you're obeying. God's moving for you, God. You don't understand why it can be painful, but you just keep on inching toward God. And now I want you to see what, what happens here. All of a sudden, Abraham right, raises the knife. He's got the fire. He raises the knife, and, and, and he's going to kill and then set it on fire, and it's not going to be pretty. And all of a sudden, the voice of God speaks. He said, it says, the angel of the Lord. Many people believe this is the voice of Jesus in the Old Testament. Says, says, stop. Now I know. Now I know that I can bless you because you have shown me through your obedience that the blessing is not more important than the one who sent the blessing. Now I want you to see the revelations here. Suddenly, Abraham turns and he says, oh, and he sees the lamb in the thicket and he goes, oh, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord has provided. That was Abraham's revelation. That was not Isaac's revelation. He doesn't see Jireh He sees the Redeemer. I want you to watch this. See, some of you are in Abraham's boat. God's telling you to put it on the altar so he can show you supernatural provision. But some of you are in Isaac's boat. You're laying on an altar and you don't want to be there and you don't want to have to go through what you're going through and you don't understand because you're just trying to serve God and you're going through a valley. But it was on the altar that he got a witness of who the Redeemer was. Because... Abraham just got provision, but Isaac was spared. You see, what could hinder the redemption of your life could be your lack of surrender to what you know God's called you to do. If you have a relationship that's wrong, leave it. If you're living in sin, quit it. It's that simple. If you're addicted to something, let him break it off of you. Pastor Don, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, 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 no. Stop standing in the valley of decision and make up your mind. And some of you are going, well, I need to weigh all this out. Hogwash. Have you not listened to anything I've said? Have you not heard what I've been trying to tell you? You see, there's life. And if you'll obey God, you'll run into a redeemer. And he'll set you free from everything that's tried to hold you. And he said... Some of you can't see the Redeemer because you're not carrying your cross toward Moriah. Nevertheless, not 
my will, but thy will be done. Do good to those who despitefully use you. Turn the other cheek. Bless those who curse you. And with every step in radical obedience, without hesitation, you need to realize you're getting one step closer to the divine visitation that God has for your life. I want you to bow your heads with me in this place. I'm not going to hesitate. This service is going to be a thing of the past in just a moment. God's been speaking to somebody in this place today. God's been speaking to your heart. It's time for you to be set free. It's time for you to be delivered. It's time for you to find victory. And some of you are Abraham. You know exactly what you need to do, but you haven't been obeying God. You've let that sin reign in your life. You've let that bondage stay long enough. God's told you to deal with it. I was standing right here one day, and the Spirit of God told me, cut that out of your life. And immediately, I'm not even knowing why, I cut it out of my life. Immediately, cut it out of my life. Why? Because God said to do it. God's telling you to cut that sin out of your life. Cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out right now in the name of Jesus. Repent of it. Make up your mind now. Now. Early. Early. Not tomorrow, but early. Right now. Immediately. I'm done. And I give it to God. I give it to God. And I honor God. If you're an Abraham and God's asking you something, let me see your hand. If that's you, get your hand up. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. Hands all over this place. Thank you, Jesus. God sees your heart right now. Put those down. Now I want to ask you one more question. Maybe you're an Isaac. You're having to obey and you feel like you're laying on the altar. And you need a glimpse of a redeemer. You're bound and, and, and you feel like you're having everything has, has gone against you and you've just been trying to figure out how to be a good person but you're bound and you need a glimpse of of the one who carried the cross for you to Moriah. You need to know Jesus as your Savior. You need to know Him as your Redeemer. If that's you today, right where you are, I want to pray with you. I don't need anybody else looking around. This is the moment. This is the time. I have not, strangely enough, not offered this in all the other services, but I feel distinctly in this service that God is speaking to somebody that it's time for you to stop feeling bound by life and to get freed by the Redeemer today. If you've been bound by sin and you're bound by your struggles and, and maybe you're watching or maybe you're listening today and God's speaking to your heart and you feel like you've been carrying all the weight of the world on your own shoulders, I'm asking you to obey God right now in His call that, that you would come to the love of Jesus Christ, that you would know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If that's you here today, I want to see your hand. If you said, today's the day, I am ready to know Jesus as my Redeemer. I am ready to surrender my life to Christ. I want to see your hand right where you are. Get it up quick. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Where are those others? Where are they? We'll join these. Hold them up high. Hold them up high. Hold them up high. I'm looking for you. Thank you. Thank you. Are there others? Quickly, I'm looking around today. I've seen several on the balcony, some in front of me here in the middle. Are there others? I, I don't want to miss anybody today. Thank you. Are there others? This is it. This is the moment. This is the time. Oh, I feel Jesus. He carried the cross for you. Now will you carry your cross for Him? Is there anyone else before we pray that today's the day you want to settle your life with Jesus Christ forever? We're going to pray with these and I'm going to pray for all that have responded and the deliverance is coming to your house. But those who are going to confess Him as their Redeemer, 
right now as we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and we believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we are going to be changed for all eternity. I want you to lift your voices with me in this place as we cry out together and as we believe that what God is going to do in their life as they make this immediate decision to change everything and surrender all to Christ as they're going to be born again. Let's pray with them now. Jesus, by faith, I confess I am a sinner in need of a Savior. In Jesus' name, Heavenly Father, I have lived in disobedience. But from this moment forward, I give all that I am to you. Forgive me. I am a sinner in need of a Savior. And in Jesus' name, I receive your grace. I receive your redemption by faith from this moment forward. God is my Father. Heaven is my home. And Jesus is my Savior. Father, I thank you for those who have prayed that, some for the very first time today. Lord, I thank you that they're going to walk in freedom. They're going to walk in victory. They're going to walk in delivering power of the Holy Spirit. My goodness, I feel you, Holy Spirit. Come on now, let's reverence what the Lord's doing in this place. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.